Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of High Character. UMass just beat UMass Lowell 3-1 in the Hockey East semifinals. Crazy game. UMass got the job done. They're going on to play UConn tomorrow in the Hockey East Championships at the Garden, and we're talking all about it. My name is Cameron, and I'm joined by my good friend, Evan. Evan, how you doing, man? I'm relieved. I think that's the best way to put it. Like... It was a scary game, all things considered. Like, we didn't, we didn't dominate the way that I feel like we should have, but we had a really solid 10 minutes toward the end of the first period that gave us two goals, and then we just kind of shut the door. You know what I mean? Like, we just kind of said, all right, we're going we're gonna to do our thing defensively, make sure they can't claw their way back into it, which, granted, we gave them a lot of chances to do so. But at the end of the day, get the W. It's all that matters. I'm relieved, I'm satisfied, but I'm not particularly happy about You know what I mean? Like, I'm happy yeah. that there's a win, but it wasn't, I don't know, just something felt a little amiss. It should have been get, more dominant. Yeah, I agree with you that the the vibe isn't, like, through the roof, like, wicked happy about that. Obviously, it was, like, a very stressful game, all things considered. I don't think UMass dominated like we like to see them. Uh, do but obviously it was a playoff game a lot on the line like and a good opponent so uh, that is the kind of game you're gonna get um yeah I don't know I guess we'll jump into the game then see where our kind of frustrations lie and where the good moments were in all this sounds good so in the first period uh it seemed like Lowell came out as the better team UMass was a little sloppy Lowell was getting clean entries good zone time um and that was for pretty much the whole first half of that period, it seemed like Lowell was kind of uh, in charge a little bit. Uh, and I was surprised, too. Their their fans really showed up. I think mm. they had us for the whole game in terms of noise, obviously, until the very end. But, um, yeah, they were rowdy. And then that all got washed away pretty quick when uh, UMass went to the power play and Garrett Waite scored a goal. That was so cool to see. The puck was bouncing around in the crease, and he hit it out of midair put it in the back of the net to make a one nothing. Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, like you said, we really weren't doing a whole lot in the beginning of the period. Um, like, it was definitely the zone entries that I thought was kind of the worst part. Like, they were clogging up the neutral zone super well. They kind of forced us to dump and chase, and they were just getting to all the pucks first. Um, it's definitely not the opening that you want to see, obviously. But um, it seems like kind of over the course of the season, this has been a team that, I mean, I guess Providence game aside, or no, um, what was the game where we had a, a metric ass ton of shots? Was that a BC game? Yeah, the second game against BC. Yeah, so ever since, you know, I guess the BC game was kind of an anomaly. Like, we tend to not get a whole bunch of shots, but we kind of make the shots that we do, that we do take count. Um, mm. And this is kind of one of those situations, like, really weren't doing a whole lot to begin with. And then we just get a little bit of zone time. We start putting pucks on net and good things happen. Um insane hand-eye coordination from Gara Waite there to smack that out. I think Lapina could have just as easily, I think, had a, had a tip to that, but um, ended up going to wait. But, I mean, it was basically two sticks that were just on top of each other. It probably would have went to either of them. Yeah. But uh, it ended up being weight stick first. And I think that definitely was a moment, like, where everything started to shift. Um, You know, you get that first goal, and then you're kind of just riding that momentum right after that. Yeah, it was absolutely a huge momentum shift. Got the UMass faithful back into the game a little bit and immediately after about a minute and a half uh UMass gets an odd man rush Bobby coming up the left wing and he 
does what we've seen him do. Seems like this exact goal a uh, few times lately. Skates up the left wing, just nips one to make it two nothing. Yeah, I mean, again, the speed of Bobby is nuts. But I do want to highlight Garrett Waite on the play. Um, he was kind of the underappreciated part of this because he he did something that was super smart. Um, kind of just skated towards the net to kind of draw both of the the Lowell defenders towards the net. Um, and kind of free up some space for Bobby. And Bobby obviously knows how to take that space. He's so quick, so elusive, um, and does that really well. It's a killer shot. But the thing that Waite does that's even more important is that he utilized his body position super well. Mm-hmm. He just kind of had, like, he had his back turned to Savory the entire time, the Lowell goalie, and somehow still had this sense of exactly where Savory was placed. So he knew exactly where to shift his body to screen the goalie. Because that's, I think, the main reason why the puck went in was because Savory couldn't see a damn thing. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, amazing shot by Bobby. It was, you know, a tuck right into the other corner. But, like, you got to give weight credit where it's due there. I mean, that was a very smart hockey play that I feel like a lot of fans wouldn't notice on, like, the first glance of the goal. Mm -hmm. You'd kind of just say, like, holy crap, what a shot by Bobby. But I think it was just as much a weight goal as it was Bobby's. And I just wanted to kind of highlight that because I thought that was an extremely good play. And that was – a pivotal moment, like the moment that you're able to make those sort of smart plays because you're under a lot of pressure. And sometimes I feel like you can kind of lose your head. If you're under that sort of pressure and you just kind of default back to like your primal instincts of get puck out of zone. Like, you know, you can sound like yeah. a caveman <laughs> at that point, but you know, we, we kept our heads and we made a really smart play. And I just wanted to do a little, little stick tap to a uh, Garrett weight there to kind of make that possible. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. And he did record an assist on that goal, but it seems like the bigger assist was in the screen that happened exactly. afterwards. Um, UMass played phenomenally after that. They took the 2 nothing lead into the locker room, and they were uh, really, really playing well. They uh, tilted the ice back in their direction. All looked good uh, going into the second period. But as we get to the second period, was maybe one of the arguably one of the worst periods UMass has had all season, all things considered. Um, they get outshot 12 to two. Mole had a ton of pressure. Um, and then that pressure kind of cultivated into 16 minutes into the second. Matt Crossa knocked one home. Looked to us like it was goalie interference, the way he kind of skated into Murray's crease and moved him around. At, People are debating it on Twitter afterwards, but uh, they did review it and the goal did count. That made it 2-1 well, uh, UMass. Yeah, I don't think it was actually Crossa that was messing with Murray there. I think it was somebody else yeah. that was in front. I think Crossa t- tipped it like in the high slot. But um, yep. and don't get me wrong, really solid tip. Like I think goalie interference aside, you know, the potential of that, I feel like that was still a really solid tip that probably could have beat Murray regardless because um, Murray kind of had his momentum going the complete other direction. Um, that's just a really tough puck to save. But um. Yeah, I mean, I forget who it was on the on, on Lowell that was just kind of on the doorstep there, but it seemed like his skate was kind of clipping Murray's skate. Um, I think the main argument there is maybe we pushed him into Murray. Um, I'm assuming that's what the ref saw. Um, I obviously can't go into the ref's head because if I did, I'd be having a lot more answers as to what they were doing tonight because they had a lot more <laughs> questionable stuff going on. Yeah, you'd be asking then. a lot of questions in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just... I'm not, I'm not so mad about this, this goal really. And just kind of the overall call, because it's just one of those plays that's going to happen. Like again, Lowell was dominating the period. Like they're, they were going to score at some point. It just yeah. kind of seemed like that. We were kind of, I don't want to say we were turtling. Like we were obviously trying our best to get the puck out, but we just couldn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. 
And yeah, I mean, those types of things are going to happen if you just get sustained zone pressure the way that we were getting it. So it's, it's unfortunate, but I think Murray up until this point was playing really well. I think he played a really solid game overall, like Mm -hmm. having, having a tipped goal with a guy in front of you the whole time. And it was completely redirecting the puck towards the opposite corner. I think if that's going to be your only goal against the game, you you can you can hang your hat up and say, yeah, I think you had a pretty solid performance overall. Oh, absolutely. And uh, just wanted to remind everybody, uh, wasn't too long ago, game at Lowell when multiple replay reviews from the referees didn't go UMass's way. It's been a theme against Lowell all year. The replay reviews seemingly uh, pretty straightforward, and the refs call something against UMass. Um, you hate to see that, but. Just, just glad it didn't really cost too much in the end. It was a big momentum changer. Um, Bulls crowd really got into it after that, and they immediately drew a penalty. Uh, just a pretty dumb holding call on Colin Felix. Just didn't need to happen. Yeah. UMass was able to kill it off and get to the locker room with 2-1, but that was uh, a point where we were really sweating it out and starting to get nervous for this one. You know, uh, every we talked about it in our preview. Every game against Lowell this year has been – uh, close, kind of keeping you on the edge of your seat. So we just expected more of that going into the third. And Lowell really kept it up, the pressure going into the third. UMass, like you said, just kind of thinking, oh, crap, got to clear it like a bunch of times. And this is where we started getting very upset because the referees or the linesmen, sorry, were not calling icings on Lowell. Like they would dump it down ice for – what you think would be a clear cut icing, bring the puck back to the UMass offensive zone. And they weren't calling and we were, we were ripped in the crowd for a little, little portion of time. Yeah. You particularly Cam, you were just ripping into the refs there. I was sitting there thinking like, dude, you got to save your voice for the pod tonight. Like there's dude, I, important things at stake here, but I was passionate. That was, it was tough. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you at all. Like they were very questionable decisions, but I think at this point I've just kind of become numb to it. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm so used to it. You know what I mean? Like, if, if a ref makes us a questionable call, I'm just kind of sitting there like, all right, this is par for the course. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't even bother getting upset because, like, there's there's a lot worse. There's even worse stuff that we can complain about that happened during this period. Like, oh, yeah. It looked like there was at least one, you know, headhunting call by a Lowell player. Like, on Lebster. Yeah, it looked like it was yep. on right up in the head area of Lebster. Like, granted, it was a shoulder. It wasn't an elbow or anything like that, but it's head contact, bro. Like, if you look back to the Providence game and you think that that Del Gaizo call is the two minutes, like how is this not two minutes? Like this is even more clear cut. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was really questionable and you could just kind of tell like the game was getting out of hand. Like there was only one period or I think one penalty per team across all three periods. Like, yeah. um, and it kind of alternated too. Yeah. The refs didn't do much to get it back in under control. Yeah. Kind of just let it go. Bobby got punched in the back of the head after mm-hmm. a whistle. It was just getting, it was getting super chippy and it like, I was sitting there in the crowd. I'm thinking like, all right, well, we kind of talked about there being five minute majors being an issue with this team. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, like Andre Lee tends to do that. And we were thinking (laughs) the whole time we're like, all right, Andre Lee is about to do some goon stuff right now. We, yeah, we thought he might've gotten his uh, third major penalty of the season after he cross-checked. I forget. Was it Kessel? It was Bobby. It was Bobby. Oh yeah. It was Bobby uh cross-checked Bobby they did call it uh we were thinking they might give him a major on that but glad they at least called that one and uh yeah so like I said UMass sustaining more pressure and they were able to start tilting the ice back a little bit 
start getting a couple more chances down ice. And then 13 minutes in, Jerry Harding. We talked about him last week on the recap, not getting on the score sheet very much, not at all, actually, uh, mm-hmm. but deserving it. And he skates in, puts the puck uh, off net. I think he shot it down off the boards and it bounced back. No, he actually, he put it on net. He basically got hauled down. We were screaming for a tripping call at the time. And he kind of pulled like this, like, you know, like that Ovechkin, like when he's on his back and just kind of like shimmies the puck into the net, like off his back. Like it was basically that. He was on the floor, like trying to chip the puck on net. And it just kind of slid towards uh, Savory's pads, basically like towards his five hole and a surprisingly large rebound for such a seemingly yeah. weak shot. Like it was kind of weird. You know, Savory's out here trying to re, you know, re-get his momentum, like going the other way to get to the puck. And lo and behold, Mr. Matt Crossa, the <laughs> same guy who um scored for Lowell to bring things to within one, actually decides to swap to the superior UMass team for a moment and <laughs> decides to just say, you know what? One goal wasn't enough. Let's let's get another one. And he just nips at five hole on <laughs> no one savory. Like dude just absolutely tucked it. Like it was it was lovely. Easily the worst own goal we've seen this season. Yeah, well, it was tough. Uh, I, I saw one of the defensemen out in front of the net, like literally put his hands in his head, like just yeah. towards his face mask. And he's just like, I did not just witness that. Like he's yeah. completely <laughs> shocked. Yeah, the um the UMass section that we were in was almost in disbelief, like celebrating, but like, how did that, how did that happen? Uh, it was a um, definitely good insurance goal. And the last seven minutes of the game, UMass held strong uh, Murray phenomenal. Once again, he's been on such a heater lately and UMass was able to get the win and move on to the championship three to one. They will play UConn tomorrow night. Very excited for that. But uh yeah, I guess I guess you can kind of see where our frustrations lie a little bit. I don't want to talk about that too much because obviously no. we won and we're going out of the championship. But just like, I guess that's a testament to UMass's defense and their ability to to lock down and when they know they need to prevent scoring, they do. I mean, their their one goal you could argue wasn't even legit goal. So. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I will say is that I think we didn't do a very good job at getting rid of zone pressure, but I think what mm-hmm. we did was we absorbed the pressure that they gave us. Like, yeah. there were, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really think that there were too many shots on net in, you know, in relation to how much zone time that they had. Like, we yeah. did a really solid job blocking shots. Ooh, that hurt my – I'm not even sure if, that, if the shots part came through. I felt like my voice, like, <laughs> was cracked really bad. We're both but, losing our voice. Yeah, we I know. Um, a lot tonight. But, um, yeah, th- we did a really good job just blocking shots overall. Um, Agreed. Like, just as a team, I can't even single out one specific player. Like, I think it was a really solid team effort. Um, they were definitely kind of playing for Murray. Like, it was just a case of, like, well, if we can't get it out the, the traditional way, we're going to have to do something a little bit more creative. And they just started throwing their, their bodies in front of the puck yeah. as much as humanly possible. But, um, yeah, it wasn't the most orthodox of defensive schemes, I guess. But, hey, if you're only letting in one goal must be doing something decently you know what i mean there yeah you can't complain too much yeah absolutely the the lull uh zone time was draining you could tell for the boys but like you said not too many real quality shots i don't i don't think murray had to make any like highlight real saves tonight it wasn't no yeah it wasn't anything like too crazy um but yeah, I'm I'm proud of the team for for holding down and being able to scrape out that win. For 100%. sure. I mean, the the way that um 
Carvel always says it's scratch and claw. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's, I think we were a little bit more, we had a little bit more finesse on offense. You know what I mean? Like obviously the Bobby goal was a, a peach, all things considered. Like, it was a lovely goal. And, you know, the weight goal, eh, a little scrappy, but I mean, to be able to kind of have the hand-eye coordination to bat that out of the air, I wouldn't call it the scrappiest goal of all time. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. That was a pretty, sh- pretty show finish. Yeah, it's, that in. Exactly. Like the, the Harding goal. All right, let's, we'll, we'll take, we'll take a week and get on those ones, man. <laughs> All, you know, fair, fair play to Harding. I think his speed and everything to actually even get the puck in that position is great. You know what I mean? It wasn't sexy. It wasn't flashy, but it gets the job done. And I think that's the best way to describe Jerry Harding. <laughs> like he, he knows, he knows what he has to do. I, uh, sorry. I just was looking for Carvel quotes. I saw the the video that the team put out after, with the final score on it, and me and you are make a pretty big appearance in it. Wait, where? After Bobby's goal, uh, the the tweet they have: "We need to see you at the Garden tomorrow at 7. Yep, kind of zooms in on us. After oh, Bobby's we, goal, we do be there. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so go check that out if you want to see. see us. You see me flexing? That's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, me video and the Sally for our our vlog coming out next week very cool yeah uh yes anything else that you wanted to touch upon before we get into our awards yeah i'm a little i'm a little gassed up and pretty happy because i'm when we were uh out there selling in the crowd and all the boys were lining up for the handshake lines i'm out there pointing to carvel i'm like that's my damn coach right there i'm 99 sure he took a he took a look at both of us and smiled and waved i don't want to take too much credit might have been looking at the people in front of us i have no idea but i'm going to take my wins where i can get them <laughs> like i am <laughs> I'm on cloud nine. You know what I mean? Get in the recognition. Love to see it. Maybe if we can bring him on the pod sometime, he might be able to confirm or deny it for us. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think it was at us. Uh, maybe we're just wishful thinking perhaps, but no, I think it, I think he was, which was cool from coach. Yeah. So I guess, I guess with that, we can get into our awards. So uh, the first award that we'd like to give out on high character is the CCC. Speaking of Carvel. Carvel's Character and Compete Award, uh, which is today going to Garrett Waite. Um, really impressive first period, at least for him. Obviously, the goal batting it out of the air was uh, very nice to see. And then, like you said, the the assist on the Bobby goal and then the the screen to to help it out was really nice. Just we've really seen him of late, like his playmaking come to life and being able to like create these situations these high percentage situations really good to see and thought he should be awarded with this. Yeah. That's definitely his, his whole thing this season. It's just his ability to be high percentage. I think he's shooting like literally 25, 26% this season. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I frankly think that that's completely unsustainable. Like that's the type of <laughs> percentage that you see first four or five games of a season. You know what I mean? Like you might get three or four goals in your first couple of games and you're like, Oh wow, I'm shooting really good. Dude, we're at literally almost the last game of like, you know, all the hockey East stuff before we get to the national tournament. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, he has, I think, 40, I'm going off the top of my head here, maybe 47, 48 shots on net. I might have to double check that afterwards, but like, that made it makes sense. 48 shots on net. That was his 12th goal this season, 25%. Like, that's, that's insane. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he's been super efficient. Granted, he has some amazing line mates helping him out as well. You can't, you cannot like forget about that. He's been definitely playing very well, you know, very team focused, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he had a very good game, two points, I think a goal and an assist. You're like, you can't, <laughs> I don't, I feel like nobody else can really like get it. He was just 
He's playing super well. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I think you can make a case for somebody like Murray, but like we said, it uh, wasn't kind of the highlight real night that he had last weekend against, weekend against Providence. Obviously, phenomenal showing. Don't want to take anything away from him, but yeah. I wish we should give it to wait for, for today's game. Agreed. The second award that we'd like to give out is the Good Try UMass Award, which is uh, somebody we'd like to see some improvement from in the next game. Um, the, the, the Good Try Award, uh, our buddy Chris Tucci already did give it out to Lowell for, <laughs> for uh, losing tonight on Twitter. Uh, shout out to him. But uh, we are going to give it to the UMass second period. Yeah. because that was just a really, really tough showing and don't really know what went wrong there. It seemed like UMass had figured out Lowell go, uh, at the end of the first going into the second and just came out like absolute egg in the second had uh, the shots were 12 to two, I believe uh, just not a great period. Don't want to see that again going forward. Yeah. I mean, I can't really point to anything particular. Like, I don't think it was an effort issue. I don't think it was really like a game planning issue. I think it was just sometimes you just get out executed, you know, like things just happen. Like you just, you don't bat pucks out of the air. You don't get perfect plays every time. It just seemed like everything was going right for Lowell and nothing was going right for us. Um, Periods happen. You know what I mean? You try and put those behind you. Um, I think we did for, you know, at least part of the third period. I think we played better in, in portions. Yep. Obviously, you want to get a little bit more consistency. Like, that was kind of the key to this game. I felt like we were very inconsistent. You know, like, first 10 minutes, kind of crappy. Next 10 minutes, really solid. You get two goals in a span of about three minutes. That's great. And then second period comes along, and you're just like, boys. <laughs> like, yeah. where, where, where was that last 10 minutes? What happened? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that lasts for essentially the whole period. And then you come back in the third period, we snag a goal. You know what I mean? Like, granted, again, not very conventional, but – the hell count you know you can't you know regardless of the goal I still think we played a lot better that period so it's just consistency you know you never want to see that sort of second period pop up ever again and I think that's why we're giving it the good try because Uh obviously in our joking fashion it wasn't the best of it's not really a sense of it wasn't a good try obviously they were trying but sometimes things just don't go your way yeah and I think we've come to expect UMass starting out the game uh kind of without the edge um, and then obviously with Carvel and the coaching staff's leadership, being able to figure it out and make some changes to adjust mm-hmm. to their opponent. I think that's been kind of a theme all year and kind of the whole tenure of Carvel. What we saw in the second is not something that's normal. So uh, that's definitely caught our eye and we um, hope to not see a period like that. In the future. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. All right. And then uh, the third award that we give out is the custom award and Today, we are calling that custom award, You Get What You Deserve. And kind of playing off our award from last week, this one is going to Jerry Harding. Um, Like we said, he's playing real hard. Um, We love seeing him fly around there. He seems like just such a high-effort guy. He puts his all into, into everything, and he just didn't have a goal all season. He wasn't rewarded for it. He finally got what he deserved. Might not have been the most conventional way to get your first goal of the year, but it counts on the score sheet. He's got one, a one in parentheses next to his name. So uh, shout out again to Jerry Harding for, for his effort. Yeah, no, I mean, a funny story was that we were actually, when we were up on the uh, the glass before the game, we were, you know, we always kind of go up to the glass and watch the warmups, just kind of get the boys going, and, you know, the little things, you know, <laughs> we just try and 
be there and just watch everything is pretty cool but um turns out we were sitting right in front of like the umass parent section and we had um a woman standing to the right of me trying to get one of the players attention i'm sitting there i'm like wow i wonder i wonder what she's trying to do here and um turns out she's trying to get jerry harding's attention because that was her son <laughs> and we were sitting there talking all the time like you know offhandedly mentioned like yeah we do the podcast and stuff you know and because obviously she mentioned jerry harding we had to talk about you know the last uh recap that we did and how we gave him an award and um she was super thrilled and you know she kind of shared the same sentiment like play super hard obviously she's gonna you know talk up her kid that's no surprise but <laughs> clearly she was not lying you know what i mean like she was definitely sharing the same sentiments as us and we were thinking the whole time we were like he's due for a goal tonight like we said it multiple times and the fact that it actually happened and he did get in fact what he deserved it was it was kind of funny like we were sitting there we were like wait was that seriously harding's goal <laughs> like because we had no idea when it was originally scored like we just kind of saw harding drive to the net thinking okay well they're gonna sweep this puck away <laughs> and then they just didn't and you know you hear the goal horn go off and you just see harding immediately get up because he smashed himself against <laughs> the boards because he was violently tripped by a low <laughs> defender but we can discard that part for now um and yeah he gets up immediately he, he found a second wind he was, <laughs> he was super happy after that and um yeah he, he definitely got what he deserved that night and hats off to him congratulations like finally happened you know the monkey's yeah. off the back now who knows yeah. he might get a hattie now. he might get a hattie <laughs> tomorrow night we'll, we'll see writing that down as your prediction um <laughs> yeah we uh we've gotten a chance with our podcast to meet quite a few of the players parents at this point and it's just really cool to see them kind of locked in on the the podcast we didn't really expect that when we when we made this whole thing so uh if you are one that listens to the podcast and you see us feel free to say hi we love we love meeting new people. All right. So those are our three awards. Is there anything else about this game before we jump into the other hockey East final game? Um, no, I think, I think I'm good. Like that was basically just everything I want to mention. Just yeah. try and be more consistent, try and dominate games a little harder. Obviously it's going to be tough because every team that we play against is going to be really freaking difficult to play against. And that's why they're here. But that's just that's the reality of what we come to expect from a high character hockey team such as UMass. Absolutely. So the the first game of the day for the hockey semifinal was UConn versus Northeastern. And with all the hype surrounding Northeastern and Devin Levi, how phenomenal of a year he's having. Uh, not many not many expected the outcome of this one. UConn wins four to one. Um, so UMass will play UConn tomorrow. Pretty surprising. Uh, we we watched most of the game from the bar on TV, and then the third period in person. It just seemed like UConn wanted it more. I, that's all I could really say. I I don't know. Yeah, UConn was nuts. Um, it kind of just seemed like they just had this sort of energy. Like this is our first time here. We got to snatch it every chance that we can get, and they did. Like they mm -hmm. played with energy, but they also kind of played with this poise that I didn't really expect because this is kind of their first time here like it was insane to me like that it was the ryan please don't eviscerate me for butchering his name here but to verberg verber i don't know the, the, <laughs> the guy with all the guy with all the points <laughs> yes like him um he had a highlight real goal like he picks up the puck in front of a net or i think he already had the puck and he was like gonna go on his backhand but then skated it towards the back of the net and then suddenly pulled it back out in front you know, because Levi is basically on his stomach, sprawling, trying to make some sort of spread eagle save. And 
he just tucked it. Like there was a little tiny puck sized portion of the of the net exposed and slid it right there. It was a nuts goal. Like at that point, I was like, holy crap, like they might be able to do this. I think it was 2-1 at that point. Yeah. And then that was the goal that made it 3-1. And I'm sitting there like, hold up, they might be able to do this. <laughs> like it kind of opened up my eyes. And yeah, I'm happy for UConn. Like I have no ill will towards UConn. You know what I mean? Like Northeastern sucks. Like all the all the Boston schools suck. <laughs> like let's, let's be honest here. There, there's no other way to put it. But UConn's fine. You know what I mean? Like most of the out-of-state schools, I if they succeed, that's not at our expense. Good for them. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? But so it, obviously after we saw the effort UConn was putting for, we mm-hmm. we started rooting for them in the end. We, yeah. Obviously. Hansen was making huge saves too. Like yeah. they were doing really well on both both sides of the ice. So. The one thing that does scare me going into tomorrow is UConn is fighting for their life in terms of their season ending. If they are to lose tomorrow, their season will be over. There will be no national tournament for them. If they win, they got the automatic bid into the national tournament. So uh, a lot higher stakes for them going into this one. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess we'll jump right into our, our preview now. Yeah. First time we're doing a, a recap preview in the same episode. Double this episode. Time. Let's go. New new, yeah. new <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures, Cam. Yeah, if it wasn't, if it wasn't the next day that we have the game, we might not be doing this, but we're trying to fit it all in for you guys before this game. <sighs> So, yeah, like we said, UConn versus UMass. Uh, UConn comes in 2015-0, in 14-10-0 in the conference. They've won three in a row. Um, obviously, Northeastern, like we just talked about, they won their quarterfinal game against BU, and then their last game of the season against Vermont. Uh, I noticed they lost to Vermont at home the game before that, which is a um, little concerning for them. And we talked about it when we previewed UConn a couple of weeks ago that they are a pretty inconsistent team. So we don't really know what we're going to get tomorrow. We know they're going to be hungry, but um, I guess it's still up in the air what UConn team we're going to be getting. Yeah. I mean, when you mentioned like just how high stakes it is for them, um, I kind of want to not think about that because I'm really hoping that the boys are going to be buzzing because we have a chance at a, at a trophy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Part of me thinks that regardless of the stakes for the other team, we got to be able to rise to the occasion. Like this is the finals. You know what I mean? Like if you're not, if, if you aren't able to look past the fact that we're already in the natty, like, what are you doing here? Like there's, there's other, like, I'm not trying to like dismiss the importance of the natty, but you got to play for what's in front of you. We can't, we can't just immediately dismiss. Oh yeah. You know, hockey championship, but we don't need it because we're already in the natty. Like get that BS out of here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're here for a reason. We have goals that we're trying to set and, you know, reach. So I, I definitely think that UConn is going to be hungry, but we have to be just as hungry. Like you, you can't deny everything that we've worked for this season already and just say, well, we do have bigger aspirations. You can, you can aspire to do both. And I think that's what we got to do tonight or tomorrow night. Absolutely. I guess the time it is tonight at this point, it's 1201. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is tonight. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you're UMass, like, obviously you're defending champions in Hockey East, but that was happened at Mullen Center. Like, they've never in program history had the chance to raise the trophy in the garden. So, mm-hmm. obviously the stakes are there for them, too. Like, just how good it would feel to all those Boston schools that think down on us to to have our banner up there again for another year, to to do victory laps around that ice with the trophy, like, in front of there's fans. a lot at stake. 
absolutely in front of fans my guy like absolutely they, they were in there in an empty mullen center out there raising their trophy to a video board yeah <laughs> like, we're gonna have this place rocking like just the thought of having bobby trevino get that get that hockey news trophy and hoisted in front of all of us is just i'm salivating at the thought of it it's it's, yeah. such, it's beautiful absolutely so, let's let's hope that we're able to, to pull that off tomorrow night yeah, here comes my daily now urge for uh, people to get out to these games. Like, if you say that you're a UMass fan, if you have gone to UMass and you're not at this game, like, what are you doing? It's in Boston playing for a championship. Like, this is as good as it gets. Obviously, not, not as good as it gets because we could be doing this for the national championship in Boston. If you're not at that game, oh, my God. But – uh Anyway, you have to get out there. This team needs your support. Lowell kind of kind of was louder than us tonight. So, like, yeah, we cannot let people drive all the way up from Connecticut and do that to us. Like, yeah. who likes who likes Connecticut anyway? Like, just do it to spite them, if anything. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Gabe Rosenberg's probably listening to this right now and saying, what the hell's wrong with you, Ken? Right? Come on. <laughs> outside, of, outside of Gabe and anybody on Twitter that follows us that's from Connecticut very specific list and i'll take it you, you yes. literally you're sounding like bernie sanders like i am i'm once again asking for your financial support <laughs> like, i am once again asking for your umass support i love Please. it like who knows who knows maybe evan will jump in the charles river if we win like, come to see that maybe i'm kind of crappy at swimming but i mean if it gets to that point we'll, i'll consider it we'll I'll yeah. put on a quick little life jacket i think we'll be good to go sure. i might contract like 17 diseases because who the hell knows what's <laughs> in the charles river but Hey, if we're, if we're winning hockey East, I might do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's my daily plea. Please come support this team. I just want to see them get as much support as possible, but yeah. So we talked about UConn. Let's talk about UMass a little bit. They're 21, 12 and two now after that win 14, eight and two. Uh, obviously they just beat Lowell and they beat Providence to get here before that. It was the losses to BC, which, uh, we have talked about in the past, but we don't need to talk about that. They're now. in the rear view now. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what more to say, honestly, like we think we've talked about them. Yeah. I mean, not a whole, not, not, not a whole lot's really changed yeah. from our last preview until now. Um, like you heard I, what we had to say about tonight. So yeah, like we tack on a couple extra points for Garrett Waite. <laughs> Tack yeah. on a tack on a goal for Bobby. A spoiler alert, Bobby's still the leading point scorer for UMass. I'll read Bobby's but, stat line again. It's pretty crazy. Sure, just to just to give the UMass fans something to fantasize about real quick. 19 goals, 28 assists, and 47 points. That's what we like, said he that's what we said he needed to get a chance at the Hobie. If I was gonna say in. that's that's Hobie Baker level right there. That's that's pretty cool. If he puts up like a three spot and gets to 50 points tomorrow, like there's actually a solid chance, I think. But it's looking pretty good. But um yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not sure how much more in depth we're gonna go into the preview, but I the one thing that I do want to highlight, because I'm not sure how much we highlighted it last time we did a we did a UConn preview, but UConn special teams are really low event, meaning like they don't tend to score a lot on the power play and they don't tend to let teams score when they're on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know, this might be a long shot, but maybe the refs won't be that much of a factor because whenever there's a power play or a penalty kill, nothing seems to happen when UConn's involved with it. So maybe they're just going to say, Hey, we can let the boys play. Or if they call 17 penalties, the entire game, it might not matter. 
because UConn is apparently really good at not scoring when they have the man advantage and not letting other people score when they don't. Yeah, we did talk about this last time we previewed UConn. Their their power play when we did that episode was nine percent, and we were like, oh, like we gotta like no need to worry about their power play. It's so bad, and they came in and scored like three power play goals against us in the weekend. So I think that's what solely upped it to 13% because yeah. that's what their conversion <laughs> percentage is right now. So maybe yeah. it was those three goals that did it. So maybe, maybe that's our kryptonite, but hey, maybe if we just don't commit penalties or phantom calls in you know hockey's terms, then I think we'll be in a pretty solid spot. Yeah. Um, let me read through the goalie stats real quick. Darian Hansen's been pretty nice. Obviously, he shined tonight against um, Northeastern. Mm-hmm. And his stats are... 2.24 goals per game and a 9.21 save percentage, which is very similar to Murray's stats. Murray's got 2.31 goals per game and a 9.19 save percentage. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty good goalie matchup once again that we got here. Yeah, I mean, that kind of seems to be par for the course for most of our previews, at least recently. Like, the goalies have kind of started to average out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're right in the really solid goaltender pack which is going to be what we see again across most of the games. You're not going to really see anybody that like Devin Levi's out. So we're not seeing any 950 save percentages and all the teams that are ranked 50 and below in pairwise are all gone. So you're not going to see 850 save percentages. So mm-hmm. we're going to see most, most goalies kind of fit into that 910 to 930 range, um, which I, I think is pretty, pretty customary for teams of this level at this point. So yeah, I think both goalies are very solid. I think, they're both riding pretty hot streaks. I feel like you don't really make it this far into a playoff tournament if your goalie's not doing particularly well. Mm-hmm. So, again, nothing nothing really crazy there. But, um, yeah, let's hope that uh, Murray stands on his head just a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about UMass and UConn's season against each other so far. Um, the weekend that we referred to with our previews, they split, so – UMass won two to one in uh, Connecticut and then UConn came into Mullins and won four to two. So that was definitely weird seeing the road teams win out there, but those are the only two games that they've played against each other this season. So they've, they've split the points. So if the road teams win each time we play against them, if it's a neutral site, are we just going to be in perpetual overtime for like 20 years? And there's just never going to be a winner because there's no road team to win. Look out for a 10-overtime game tomorrow. Oh, my God, would that be stressful? I'm not trying to watch (laughs) hockey until 4 in the morning. I love (laughs) hockey, don't get me wrong, but I don't think I'd physically be able to live with Yeah. All right, anything else you think we should note for this game? I don't know. It's such a quick turnaround. It's hard to fully get get into it. You don't have a week to prepare, so both teams won't uh, have that advantage for sure. I think think at this point it's just – the boys got to recuperate as much as possible. Like, I think, I think UConn, they had the earlier games. So they had a little bit more time to rest up. Um, I don't know the specifics of how their entire game went, like how physical it was. So I don't know how rundown UConn is, but we played a pretty tough game. Um, boys just got to focus on recovering right now. Hell, I think half of them are probably asleep as we're recording this. And mm-hmm. I hope they are because they yeah. got a long freaking day ahead of them tomorrow. But um, yeah, just – we just got to remain as fresh and energetic as possible because I think that's how we're going to be able to beat UConn is by matching that. I think we were a really skilled team. We have the compete. We have the work ethic. It's just, we have to have the actual energy. We got to have the fuel, the juice 
inside of us to be able to make all the plays that we want to make. So just rest up. You earned it. Let's let's get out there tomorrow night. Let's win this hockey game, lift a trophy, and move on to the natty. Absolutely. And, yeah, I think in games like this, when, like you said, you have such little rest time, such little, like, preparing time, that the advantage goes to the better um, in-game coach, in-game adjustments. And I like to think that UMass has that advantage. Uh, coach Carvel, we've seen over the last five, six years, just really good with those in-game changes. So I uh, hope that gives UMass the edge tomorrow and lets them lift a trophy on that ice at the TD Garden for the first time. Looking forward to it, Cameron. Yeah, so uh, we'll be back, obviously, once again. Um, think we're pre-gaming at the same bar. I think the, the greatest bar. That was a great time today. Yeah, uh, very cool. If you're, if you're in Boston for the game, like come to that, I think four o'clock uh, on the fourth floor, they were giving out a bunch of Bobby, Bobby T for Hobie B shirts, pins, uh, the pom poms, necklaces, everything. It was, it was a cool time. Got to interact with a lot of, a lot of fans. So we'll be there and then we'll be there for the game on Saturday night. Um, so yeah, really excited. I'm not, today's going to, tomorrow's going to crawl by for oh, sure. Yeah. Like, like that, that time period from whenever the hell I wake up anywhere between eight and 1030, who knows, we'll see how I feel in the morning, but up until about three 30, you know, three, when I leave my house to get to the greatest bar, it's going to suck. I'm just going to be <laughs> sitting there in my, in my computer chair, just like, well, come on time, go faster. Why don't I have a time machine? What's going on here? But we're going to get to that point soon. And we're all going to be together. Once again, all of you match Twitter, everybody supporting this team. We're all going to be where we belong, and that's Absolutely. what matters. Yes, sir. All right, so I guess with that, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Go out go out to TD Garden tomorrow, support this team, and, yeah, go UMass. Go win a championship tomorrow. Go UMass. Win Hockey East. Take care, everybody.